You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Well, it is fantastic to have you out in church with us today. And I do wanna extend a special welcome to anyone who is a guest, you're visiting, first time watching. We wanna say a big hello to you and we just hope that you feel at home, hope that someone's welcomed you. I've got a great word for you this morning and it's the second part in our series that we're doing at the moment called It's a Trap. And we're looking at that passage of Scripture, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that God has made out for us. We're looking at all the things that might trap you in your life and prevent you from really getting into the purposes and the promises that God has over your life because there are so many of them, let's be honest. And the one thing that I wanna talk to you today about is a trap that I believe if we let it, it will keep us paralyzed. It will prevent us from moving into what God has for us. It'll have us fleeing and running in the opposite direction. It'll have us avoiding the call of God. And the trap that I want to speak to you about today is the trap of fear. I want to speak to you about the trap of fear with a message that I have titled, When Fear Has You Fleeing. Before I begin, though, I would just love to pray. Would you join me as I pray today? God, I thank you. I thank you that even though we're not in the building of church today, that you are in each and every one of our homes. And Lord, as we have already done so, we just invite your presence to come now as we open up your word. And we just pray that anything that you would want to draw our attention to today, would you just um, make that come to light? Would you speak to us individually right where we're at, right into our circumstance? Lord, would you help me communicate clearly and freely what you would have me say today? Let this not be about me, but about you. We ask for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wanna talk to you about a man called Jonah. Jonah was the guy who fled from the call of God and found himself smack bang in the middle of a belly of a fish, uh, which probably wasn't the best place to spend his evening. Now in Jonah chapter one, we're gonna start our story. It says this, chapter one, verse one, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh, announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up, and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket, went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Now there is something that we have got to understand about the city of Nineveh where God was calling Jonah to. Nineveh was a wicked city. Now I'm talking about the worst. Like this was a city without God. In fact, if there was a list out in those days, a list of all the worst and most wicked cities, Nineveh would have been at the top of the list. And these people, the people of Nineveh were involved in torture. They were involved in child sacrifice and executions. They were long time enemies of God's people. Their history is filled with war and violence. I mean, these people were so far from God and good. And this was the city that Jonah wanted, uh, that God wanted Jonah to go to. 
And not only, He didn't just want him to go there and live there and be among them. No, He wanted Jonah to stand up in front of all of them and tell them just how naughty they were, just how wicked they were and just how bad they were. Not just that, He wanted him to tell them that God's judgment was coming against them. Now, I am not surprised that Jonah was feeling a little reluctant about this next assignment. Like to say it was daunting would actually be an understatement. This was downright terrifying. I mean, I can relate to Jonah being cautious about getting involved in this particular project that God had set aside for him. Now, I don't know if you remember the game Around the World. I played this game in my primary school years. Maybe you played it too. The idea of around the world was that you'd sit in a circle or more often you'd sit in your desks and one student would stand behind another student. So one standing, one sitting. And the teacher would call out a math problem. And the student who answered the math problem correctly, the fastest, would win that round and go to move on to stand behind another student and they would, it would go on and on and on and on and on until the student who was the best would move around the classroom. Now, I have to tell you how much I hated this game. Like, I hated this game. In fact, when I think back to my primary school years of all the things I dreaded the most, apart from swimming sports, can I get an amen from somebody? Uh, apart from swimming sports, I dreaded this game the most. I just hated it. I hated being put on the spot in front of the whole entire class. I hated having to think fast and stammer over my words as they just came blurting out of my mouth in a great big panic. And I hated feeling like an idiot, like a great big dummy, because every time, I mean, every time I would get it wrong on the first round and I'd never get to be the one standing behind anybody and, and I can remember while the other student was moving around, getting closer and closer to having to stand behind me, I can remember spending the entire game wondering and trying to come up with and thinking about how I could get some kind of excuse to get up and leave the room right now. I just wanted to get myself out of this situation. And then when the student was standing behind me, I just remember freezing I remember freezing as my brain would vacate the building. And I couldn't, listen, I couldn't even be sure that a number was gonna come out of my mouth, let alone the correct number. I would just spurt anything out in this moment of panic and pressure. Fear, dread, panic. It does that to you, doesn't it? It'll either have you fleeing out of the situation or frozen in the moment where you feel like you just can't do anything. See, it wasn't that Jonah didn't love God. And it wasn't that Jonah didn't believe in the message that God wanted him to bring to the people of Nineveh. And it wasn't that Jonah wasn't able. I mean, this man was a prophet. He, God spoke directly to him. He gave him messages for people. And it wasn't that he hadn't heard right. He was used to hearing from God. He knew what God was asking him to do. And it wasn't even that he didn't want to be used by God. It was simply that in this was simply that in this moment that he had allowed fear to become a trap that caused him to flee, to run in the opposite direction of his purpose. And I think that Jonah is not the only one 
that has found himself in that trap of fear. Because I guarantee you that as you're sitting watching this today, you can identify a moment where fear has had you fleeing. And it isn't that we don't love God. And it isn't that we don't believe wholeheartedly in the message of God. And it it isn't even that you aren't able. And it isn't that you don't hear right from Him. And it isn't that you don't wanna be used by God. It is simply because all too often we allow fear to trap us. We allow fear to keep us either fleeing from or frozen to the purposes and the plan that God has over your life. Fear of people, fear of what others might think, fear of getting it wrong, fear of failing, and then fear of failing again. Fear of looking like an idiot in front of everybody, fear of going against the majority opinion, fear. And so what I wanna talk to you today about is what to do when fear has you fleeing. And before we get into that though, we need to find out first what happens to Jonah. So let's pick up our story again in verse four, where it says, but the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Fearing for their lives, the desperate soldiers shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up, pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. Then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused the terrible storm. And when they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Jonah ends up admitting to them, of course, he confesses why he's on the boat in the first place. This is not a family vacation, guys. I have to tell you the truth of why I'm here. I'm running away from the creator of the universe. But then he gives them a hot tip and he tells them that if they were to throw him overboard, this storm would stop, guarantee it, hands down, not a problem for you anymore. Well, it didn't take the sailors long to come to the conclusion that they were totally okay with this, that throwing Jonah overboard was definitely an option. And so in verse 15, it says the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. So what are we gonna do? when fear has us fleeing? Well, number one, I want you to write this down in your notes. Number one, we go back to a place of connection with God. We go back to a place of connection with God. Jonah found himself in the belly of a fish. And it was in that place that Jonah stopped and he cried out to God. And we read in Jonah 2, a prayer that Jonah prays. And the first couple of, the first verse of that prayer, it goes like this. It says, I called to the Lord in my distress and He answered me. I cried out for help from deep inside Sheol and you heard my voice. What is interesting is that the belly of the fish actually became Jonah's place of encounter with God. 
of all the places to meet with the creator of the universe, this wouldn't be on a list for me, but it was actually the place where God came to encounter him. I mean, imagine for a moment what it would be like in the belly of a fish, in the belly of a big whale, like yuck. It would have been dark. It would have been damp, cold, smelly, slimy. There may have even been other little fish in there as well. Like, gross. I mean, this would have been the worst of worst places to find yourself. And also it would have been lonely and it would have been scary. And he would have been wondering how, if ever he was going to get out of there, it would have been a place of deep regret and frustration. Ever been in a place like that? Ever been in a place of darkness, of loss of hope, where there was regret or fear or loneliness? And yet, I think that for those out there, for those of you who have been following God for many years, I think you would agree with me when I say that it was actually in your darkest times that became your moments of encounter with God. We went to stay up north at a batch recently, just to get away for a few days, bit of a family um, holiday. And when it came nighttime, it was time for everyone to go to sleep. And we turned out the lights and lay my head down on the pillow. I closed my eyes and I began to drift off to sleep. And then all of a sudden, in the dark of the night, while it was all still, I hear this bang, 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 bang. I'm like, Steve, Steve, did you hear that? Did you hear that? So I turn all the lights on, I get up out of bed, turn the lights on, I'm standing in the middle of the room like this, trying to listen. Couldn't hear anything. Okay, so I turn the lights out get back into bed, get comfortable again, lie my head down on my pillow, close my eyes, drift off to sleep. There it goes again, this bang, 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 over and over again. This scenario plays out a number of times. Finally, I drift off to sleep. And then when I get up in the morning, in the light of day, I'm searching for where this bang came from. I'm like, I'm going to find the, how this bang came about. But I could not find anything. Isn't it true that in the dark of the night, when your eyes are closed and all is calm, you hear even the smallest sounds? Like you can hear insects crawling and you can hear flies buzzing and you can hear tree branches tapping. It's like something takes place when one of your senses goes dim and all of a sudden, the other senses become more sensitive to things. And I think that's why our darkest valleys become prime environments for us to hear God again. When we have no other choice but to be still, to still everything. And in the dark, right there, His whisper becomes loud. I believe that on the other side of every encounter moment with God is a valley of darkness that you have had to walk through to get there. For some of you, there are some things and sometimes when what we see as God sending us something to punish us 
or bring us pain is actually God sending something your way to bring you to a place of connection with Him again. When you are experiencing fear, when you are experiencing something that is causing you to become trapped, stuck, choose to go back to that place of connection with God. Cry out to Him, call on His name. I wanna ask you this today, and I've written it in your notes there. Where or how do you connect with God the easiest? Is it on the beach? Is it to go for a walk? Is it through nature? Is it in your room by yourself? Is it at church? Is it during the worship or when you open up the Word? Is it maybe even speaking about Him and sharing Him over with a friend over a coffee? Is it in prayer? Is it journaling? Maybe it's creating or painting or writing or playing music, wherever it is. Go there, go there, seek Him, connect again. When fear has you fleeing, go back to that place of connection with God. Number two, when fear has you fleeing, here's what we need to do. We need to go back to a moment of commitment to God because fear will keep you from running from your God-given calling. If we look at a map of the journey that Jonah took, it's really easy to see that Tarshish is real far from Nineveh. And so often our comfort is really far from God's calling for our lives. And many times the only thing that prevents us from fleeing in the opposite direction to our calling, running for comfort, is pure commitment. At the end of Jonah's prayer that we read in Jonah chapter two, in the midst of that encounter moment with God, that connect again moment, it says this in verse nine, it says, but as for me, I will sacrifice to you with a voice of thanksgiving. I will fulfill what I have vowed. Did you hear that? I will fulfill what I have vowed. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Jonah goes back to a moment of commitment. He goes back to a vow that he has already made to God. Right before we moved to Whangarei, uh, there was some staff shuffle arounds going on at church and uh, Pastor Luke and the leadership just had some gaps that they were filling and looking to shift a few staff members around. And I remember at home, Steve and I having a conversation both with each other and with God as well. And we, we made a decision then that it didn't matter where we were asked to serve. It didn't matter what we were asked to do we were committed to go. We were committed to do whatever, wherever we were needed. And we felt so strongly about it that we even went to Pastor Luke and we went to him and said, Pastor Luke, we know you're making some shuffle arounds. We just wanna let you know that we will do whatever, wherever. Well, it happened that they filled with some other people and we didn't need to move anywhere or do anything. Well, of course, as God would have it, six months later, there came a need for Whangarei to come on as a campus. But, when Pastor Luke and the oversight came to us and asked us if we would consider going, we didn't even need to think about it. We did not even need to think about it. Our decision was already made. We simply had to go back to that place, that time, that moment of commitment to God. 
when we said we will go anywhere and we will do anything. Despite the fact that yes, it was still scary. Yes, it was still daunting. Yes, it was still very much outside of our comfort zone. But when you are facing feelings of fear and doubt and inadequacy, it is in those moments that we need to go back to the vows and the promises and the commitments that we have made and let those commitments speak for us. I think about Daniel in Scripture. Daniel was going to be thrown into a den of lions. Hello, that's scary. A den of lions because he was found praying to his God, to the God of the universe, to our God, which was against the laws of the land in that day. It was against the king's decree at the time. And while fear could have caused him to bow down and give up his faith, it didn't. Why? Well, because if we flip back some chapters and we go back to Daniel chapter one, which was years earlier, we find a moment of commitment, a moment where Daniel made a decision, a vow, a promise to avoid temptation and to honour God alone. When fear has you fleeing from the purposes of God, let the commitment that you have made hold you firm. Go back to a moment of commitment Ask yourself this, I've written it down in your notes. Remind yourself, what have I committed to? Therefore, I will. What have I committed to? Therefore, I will. When fear has you fleeing, go back to a moment of commitment to God. Number three, third and final thought for you today. When fear has you fleeing, go back to the point of calling from God. Go back to the point of calling from God. Often, Fear has us avoiding places where we know God will speak. I mean, Jonah was avoiding God like I avoid calls from my dentist. You know those phone calls. Those ones, you look at the caller ID, you look around to make sure no one is watching and you press decline. Not today, not today, dentist, not today. I mean, hello, God sent a storm to get Jonah's attention. And where was he? He was sound asleep. He was down in the bottom of the boat with his earplugs in and his eye patch on, catching a great big nap. I mean, I can almost imagine him in many moments in this journey with his fingers in his ears going, la, 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 desperately blocking out what he knows God is trying to say. And some of you are so far right now from where you know God has called you to be that you are literally avoiding all the places where you know God is gonna speak to you. Some of you, you're avoiding people because you know certain people are gonna tell you straight. Some of you are avoiding going to church. You're quite happy with church online right now. Some of you are avoiding your small group. Some of you are even avoiding opening up your Bible or praying or getting into a time of worship. You're avoiding all the places where you know that God will try and get to you. And you might not like to hear this right now, but friend, I've got to remind you, there is no hiding from an omnipresent God. I mean, like, it's a losing battle. Trying to hide from God is like playing hide and seek with a toddler, you know, where they stand behind the curtain with their feet coming out the bottom and you're the toddler 
You're real easy to find. There is no hiding from an omnipresent God. It is a losing battle and He is in a relentless pursuit after you. What is interesting about Jonah's story is in Jonah chapter 2, verse 10, we read this happened next. Then the Lord commanded the fish and it vomited Jonah onto dry land. Now, the Bible isn't clear as to where exactly the fish vomited Jonah, and there are lots of different opinions about it, but the general consensus of a stack of commentaries that I have read is that it's reasonable to assume that because of Nineveh's position inland, so not by water, it is reasonable to assume that it is more likely that Jonah was actually spat up on the shoreline not far from Joppa the place that God had first spoken to him, the place where God had called him in the first place. Jonah had to go back to his place of calling. Have you ever walked into a room and forgotten why you were there? You know those moments where you walk in, you can't remember what took you there in the first place or what you were there to do? What do we do in those moments when that happens? What do we do to find our bearings again? We go back, don't we? We retrace our steps and we try to find that place of revelation that will remind us of what our purpose in the room was. I think when we're in a season where we find ourselves either avoiding or drifting from the will and the purpose of God, floating around disillusioned and discouraged, maybe disappointed, we need to stop and we need to go back We need to retrace our steps and we need to find that place of revelation again. And we do that by repositioning ourselves in a place where we can hear from God again, where we can hear His call again, where He can remind us of why He called us in the first place. Jonah's not the only person that God did this with. We see it with Jacob. Jacob in Scripture, uh, after a very difficult season, He was defeated and God told Jacob to go back to a place called Bethel. And if we read chapters earlier, we learn that Bethel was the place that God actually revealed to to Jacob who he was in the first place. We see it with Peter in the New Testament. Jesus had originally called Peter off a fishing boat on a shoreline and he called him to be his disciple And then after Peter had denied Jesus, one of his greatest failures, and after Jesus had died and then resurrected again, Jesus went back to a shoreline and found a discouraged fishing Peter. And he called him back to that shoreline and he reminded him of what he called him to do in the first place. Feed my sheep. What did God call you to do in the first place? For some of you, it's time. It's time to stop running, to stop avoiding, to stop fleeing from what you know God is calling you to. It's time to go back to the shoreline and let Him speak again. Oh, but it's too late. Oh, but I'm too old now. Oh, I've gone too far. I've done too much. It's too late for me. Read with me in Jonah chapter three, verse one. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Oh, that's a word for somebody. I'm believing it today. 
the word, the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. A second time. Friend, God is a God of the second time. So often we worry that an opportunity missed is an opportunity lost. But God has so many different ways of rerouting and redirecting and restarting and reopening despite our humanity and our mistakes. See, Jonah goes on to Nineveh and he preaches to the people and they hear and they repent and they turn from their wicked ways and God sees their action and He relents from the disaster that He said He was going to bring on them. And get this, Jonah gets mad at God. He gets so annoyed at God. He's like, excuse me, we went through all of that I had to go through this whole thing and you are not even going to smite them. But this is what I love about God is that He doesn't just bring a second time to Jonah. He brings a second time to Nineveh and friend, He's got a second time for you too. It is never too late and you are never too far from His relentless pursuit. It's time to go back. Go back to the connection. Go back to the commitment. Go back to the calling. And refuse to allow fear to be a trap for you. That will prevent you from pursuing, not just pursuing, but finishing the race that God has marked out for you. Amen. Let me pray for you today. God, I thank you for every single person sitting at home or wherever they are watching this today. I thank you that you've got a plan and a purpose for their life. You have called them by name. You know them. And Lord, I pray right now that you would begin to draw them back to those moments of calling where they can commit again and connect again, where they can once more hear, their, hear your voice. Lord, I pray you'd fill them with courage that despite fear, and inadequacy, despite feeling daunted, worried or unsure, Lord, I thank You that we can trust in You, that You never leave us or forsake us. We ask all of this in Jesus' Name. There's just one more thing that I would love to do while I've still got You today. I would love to speak to those in the room who maybe you feel like you've fled so far from God, you don't even know Him anymore. That perhaps, this is your first time in church and you're watching it online today and it's your very first time hearing about anything to do with God. Right now, I wanna speak to you. This is your moment because friend, God loves you. He created you with a plan and a purpose in mind. But so often in life, we walk away from Him. Uh, we turn our own way. We turn our backs on Him. We make mistakes. The Bible calls it sin. And that sin, it separates us from God. But the good news is, is that God and His great love and mercy for us, He sent His Son Jesus to come to earth all 2,000 years ago, to come to earth and live a sinless life and die a sinner's death so that you and I, could come back into relationship with God and have eternity with Him. Now I'm gonna do something in just a moment. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. 
And if you wanna say, Bex, I wanna commit my life to God today. I don't know much. I don't have all the answers. I'm not really sure what this is all about, but I know that whatever happens, I need God in my life. Well, today, if you would join me in praying this prayer, just mean it with everything that you've got. Make it your own. Are you ready to pray with me? We say, dear Jesus, thank you that you went to the cross for me. Thank you that you forgive me of all the wrong in my life. I choose this day to turn from my old ways and I turn to you. I wanna give you my life. Would you make it brand new today? Thank you that you have got a purpose for my life and a plan for a future and a hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Centre podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancentre.org.nz.